Did you? There's a there's a phenomenon, and I forget what it's called, but it's where because no one wants to say what they want to do, a group ends up doing something that no one wants to do. Yep. I don't know what that's called either, but that is definitely a thing. The one where nobody wins. Hello and welcome to JudgeCast. This is episode 226. I am one of your hosts, Brian Prilliman. I am joined this evening by Broken King. Hello. You know, you notice since last time we made a big deal out of how I correct myself. This time, I I, I thought <laughs> you just too owned much. It. No, no, no. This time, I, I overthought <laughs> it and I panicked, and so I all, I just was like, no, 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 no. We're just going to stick with this evening. <laughs> and now we're acknowledging it. And we are because hey, gotta own them, own them mistakes. All right. Um, so this evening, explicitly. Or, 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 Morning nope. or afternoon or drive nope. to work. You're only um, allowed to listen to this in the evening, wherever you are. This particular episode, yeah, it's five o'clock somewhere. Exactly. Um, uh, unless it's like four thirty, and then it's not five o'clock anywhere. Um, <laughs> That's true. Yes, it's it's the statement. It's five o'clock somewhere is only accurate twenty four times a day. So anyway, <laughs> this this week. Or this episode, we're covering um, uh, MCQs. What they are, uh, what to expect if you're if you're a judge coming into into uh, an MCQ and you hear about one, and you want to get on staff. Uh, what's what's in, involved? Um, this is this is a topic that uh, MCQ. Some MCQ started uh, just last week. Uh, I myself am head judge of an MCQ this this coming weekend. Um, Brogan, do you have any? Any plans? I, I do not, as of right now. I did uh, attend the Mythic Championship in London, which was really, really cool. Um, but uh, no, no, I don't have any qualifiers lined up. I've spent this whole time prepping for this episode trying to think of another cute thing MCQ could stand for, but I've really got nothing. Um but they are um, Mythic Championship qualifiers. Yes. So so the Mythic Championships are the things that, that replace the Pro Tour. And MCQ's Mythic Championship qualifiers are the things that replace uh, P- PTQ, the old PTQs. O- original Pro Tour qualifiers. Yeah, OG. OG PTQs. This is like... Because we didn't have enough letters in there already. Yeah, I have a I have a feeling that it's it's sort of like we've got we've got MCs and MCQs, and it's like a, a Scooby Doo villain where you just rip off the mask and it's PTs <laughs> and PTQs. You know, but like, the, if if they rebranded all of the Mythic Championships to be Mythic Championships instead of Pro Tours, are all of the historical PTQs now MCQs? Um, n- no, uh, because. When you travel back in time and change the past, it's it snaps off an alternate reality, uh-huh. and uh, then you have to go back in time and drop the PT off exactly where you took it out of the timeline to begin with. So this is probably a reference that I don't know that you're making. I'm going to guess it's Back to the Future, but I've never seen it. Uh, no, no, Back to the Future lied. Um, okay, cool. Yeah, it's 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 a thin, it's a it's a it's a very. Uh, if you saw Endgame, you're laughing. I didn't. Oh, okay. Moving so anyway, on. Yeah. Spo- s- s- spoilers. Uh, Endgame spoilers. Back to the Future was wrong. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, it is known. Right. Okay. So I'm actually really, really super excited about MCQs. Um, mainly, mainly because they are uh, multi-judge events. Okay, it's no secret that that PPTQs were kind of awful for judges in the judge program it in was general. Really not good for anybody involved. Right. Um, so one one of the things that that we value in the judge program is being able to work together and learn from each other. And a lot of PPTQs were solo events. Because they weren't really large enough to justify a second judge. Or if you did have a second judge, there just wasn't enough work to do for two of you. Yeah, if you if you had a second judge, it was usually one one more experienced judge kind of observing as the less experienced judge kind of trained. It was it was yeah. it ended up in my case just being a lot of giving L1s opportunities to do competitive REL, but on just like this really painfully small scale. Right. So with MCQs, there's always going to be something going around. Like they're they're not boring. They're super dynamic, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna use air quotes here. There's real air quotes judge calls. Um, you you get actually complicated calls. You there are you know more there's with more players. There's more likely for for cheating investigations or just investigations in general. Uh, weirder stuff is bound to come up that generates discussion. Just statistically, uh, more stuff is happening, so more weird stuff is going to happen. Right, right. Um, you, you look at you look at, uh, and you you can even see this in your small events, like for your PPTQs. Normally, you'd be able to have like turnover times in like the five minute range, and then you look at GPs, and sometimes the turnover is like twenty, thirty minutes. Why? Mm-hmm. It's because the more players you have, the more weird stuff can happen that slows things down. And the, more, um, and the li- larger likelihood you're going to have two players who just happen to be playing the world's slowest control mirror. Oh. <laughs> so one one other one other reason that we thought that that now would be a good time to do MCQs is MCQs have kind of been uh, on Reddit uh, yeah. lately. There's there's been a little bit of question about you know who could or should uh, run uh, PTQs or MCQs. Okay. I'm going to slip up a, a few times during this episode and call them PTQs. So, uh, so Brian, are you implying that the difference between who is allowed to run an MCQ and who realistically should be running an MCQ might not necessarily be congruent? Uh, yeah. So, un- unfortunately, uh, uh, Wizards has decided to not put any level restrictions or even certification requirements on the tournament officials who run MCQs. Okay. So what this means technically is random store employee who just started last week and is familiar with Pokemon and star Wars Armada, maybe uh, can be the tournament official, the head judge for an MCQ. And in fact, uh, there is at least one store that is that is going to be doing this. Um, this, are, this obvi- obviously, this isn't a great idea. We are not trying to fearmonger anything. We're not trying to tell anybody that you need to run your event in any like this is this is not a requirement list of things you need to do. It's just things to be aware of and mindful of. Yeah, it's uh, um, so the 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 PCs. <laughs> which I'm one, um, put, a, <laughs> put out an article uh, uh, kind of touching on this a little bit. And in it, what we said was, you know, 
and this 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 event's probably you know if you, if you don't have a certified judge, the event is probably probably going to be eh, okay ish. There's gonna be some problems. It's probably not going to be a complete nutter dumpster fire, um, but just like in playing magic, sometimes you make mistakes and you don't suffer consequences for it. Like you don't end up losing the game because you made that mistake, but you still made a mistake. That doesn't and, mean it was the right play. Right, right. It's there's still a better play, and the better play is always having the people who actually know how to run an event run the event. Um, so we have we have staffing guidelines that we put out, you know, that talk about what we think, what we the judge program think is appropriate, um, uh, appropriate staffing levels uh, for an event in terms of both experience and and people involved. And we'll put those in the show notes if 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 you care. Um, but you know, uh, sit, sitting down with when we were talking about the PCs, we have like. 80 years worth of experience in running large events. <laughs> that, that might amount to something. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it was a lot. Like when I sat down and started doing the math, uh, it was, uh, it was kind of crazy. Uh, one of the, wild. one of the PCs, uh, Johanna, uh, actually this, this month celebrated her 20th anniversary as a judge. That's amazing. It, yes. Um, Johanna is also a treasure. Yes. So, um, let's, Let's talk a little bit about like so. There's an MCQ. How do you that you want to work? How do you get on staff? You know, how do you find out about it? Well, in order to get on staff, you need to know it exists and be able to apply for it. And it turns out we just talked to our friend Dan Collins in a recent episode uh, about judge apps, um, and you can get your notifications set up to be able to. Uh, see different events when they get posted for applications. You can update your settings at apps.magicjudges.org slash notifications slash settings. Um, and you can adjust all kinds of notification settings that I'm going to be completely honest and say I didn't realize that the the depth of customization you could set up for your notifications. Yeah. yeah. Um one of the, one of the things to to note is not every uh, not every MCQ is going to use uh, Judge Apps. Uh, for example, here here in Florida, for the two that uh, that I'm doing, the one in Orlando and then the one in Miami, we use Judge Apps to solicit applications. Uh, the one in Jacksonville, the head judge opted to not use Judge Apps and instead reach out to judges individually. Yeah, it's it's uh, all going to be up to the tournament organizer and ultimately the head judge right. and whoever chooses how to do staffing. Yeah. I, I, I think that using judge apps is the, is the, is the better play uh, for, for no other reason. I mean, there's, there's several reasons why it's good, but it also means that people come to, if you're planning the event, people come to you rather than you going out and having to find people. It also that makes it, sense. It gives you a wider audience to, to yeah. see more people to, there may be somebody who would do a, an absolutely amazing job that you didn't know existed yeah. or that and just moved to your area or, or that want to drive, drive from a far distance uh, for the Orlando MCQ. I've got two people coming down from Atlanta, uh, from Georgia. That's awesome. Which I would not have expected. Like I wouldn't have thought to reach out to people that far because I would have thought that that was a far, you know, a drive too far. Right. 
But but yeah, so so when you apply in Judge Apps, you know, there's going to be a cover letter, and this is just advice for for you applying. Read 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 the instructions that they they tell you uh, in the cover letter to put in the cover letter. Uh, yeah, just because the one of, one of the things that act, that hurts you, and this goes for pretty much all levels of event, is if people say, "Hey, do X," and then you don't do X. <laughs> yeah, you're you are starting at a severe disadvantage. Just follow instructions. You know, there there are all those groups that maybe this is just me. You join silly tagging groups on Facebook, and they say in their instructions, like, "Oh, make sure you answer." Make sure you include the word pickle in your answers so you know, so we know that you read the instructions. I feel like there should be cover letters like that. Really? Yeah. Make sure you include the word pickle. Done. Maybe not the word pickle, but like, just... No, no, no. Uh, Pickle is a great word (laughs) to use. Um, You may follow it up with the word Rick if you really want, but it requires at least four exclamation points afterwards if you do. And an uploaded really awful JPEG of a drawing that you've scanned and then scanned again of Pickle Rick. <laughs> it's mandatory. Why scanned the second time? For to to have the worst meme formats, you know, when people save uh, oh. the images and then send them and keep saving them until you can't read them anymore. Okay. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about I'd like to talk for just a second about workplace memes before the internet became a thing. <laughs> Go on. Okay. So what would happen is someone would get a funny picture. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they'd post it on their cube wall. And the only way to share that funny picture would be then to go photocopy it. Uh, so it's exactly what I'm saying. It's exactly what you're saying. <laughs> but here's the thing. You would then put that on your cube wall. Someone else would see it and think it's <laughs> funny. And so what would happen is you would have these generations of... Mm-hmm. Of, of imperfect copies where it just gets fuzzier and fuzzier as the years go by uh, because uh, no internet. So anyway. <laughs> because you're scanning the same image over and over again. Yes. Um, so uh, so you've, you've, you're applying to the event. One, one thing that I think is kind of important is the number of comp rel events, uh, unless stores start uh, picking up the slack and, and offering their own local stuff, the number of comp rel events just globally just went way down yeah uh so competition for these spots is actually going to be uh harder so so keep that in mind you know you make sure you 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 build a reputation we we lost i mean it's different because there there are fewer events but these are a larger opportunity for for multiple judges to work together and it does a much better job than the PPTQ system of filling that sort of mid-level role between I'm an L1 and I want experience in competitive REL where I still have a safety net, but it exists again. But that means that people know it exists again and everyone's going to want those opportunities. I, I think it really is is going to be the the opportunities for level one judges are going to be less frequent, but they're going to be more meaningful. Mm-hmm. Um, I know for the for the MCQ that I've got coming up this weekend, we have I think four L ones on staff. Like one is a scorekeeper, then we have three uh, three three L one floor judges and three L two floor judges. That's so, awesome, right? I think that's a that's a great mix, and uh, several of them are very very close to L two. 
spoilers when we're having a conversation during <laughs> during top eight. But uh, nice. Yeah, don't if 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 don't listen to this if you're working the Orlando. Stop listening if you're working the Orlando P two. Shouldn't uh, you be telling them to listen to this though? Shh, it's already they attended the seminar. I talked about this stuff. All right. Okay. Um. So stuff stuff to do before the event. Um. What? Uh. So so you know. I'm, I've never worked in MCQ before. I've applied. I got accepted. What should I expect before? Or what do I need to do before the event? Well, um, there's going to be a lot of information that should be filled in by your head judge um, sometime before the event. Obviously, this is going to differ based on the head judge and by the event. Um, but they'll usually send out an email ahead of time with some basic deep details, such as team assignments, any interesting notes about the venue or things to prepare for or notes from the tournament organizer. Um, just whatever that is. If you get, if you get communication from the head judge before the event, just read it. Um, if there are any procedures laid out for handing out product or anything like that, read it. And if there's anything that you want to know, don't be afraid to ask them. It's okay. They're there to to support you to support the event. If you want to respond to their email and ask them a question, ask. Yeah, not not understanding something and then pretending that you understood it is really really bad. So, you know, if if you ask questions, if you if you don't follow if you don't understand something or you think of something that the the, the head judge didn't address and you're you're curious about it, ask. Mhm. Um one one thing I've got in here is they'll often the head judge will tell you what the uniform policy is for the event, you know, and it might be you know it's it's typically uh, black shoes, black pants, black belt, and then the shirt is either maybe a regional polo, maybe the the, the magic judge shirt. Uh, you'll you'll get information about that. Please, 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 please. If you can't comply with that, make it known. Before the day of the event, don't, like don't if, show up that morning and say, "Oops, all I have is this John Cena T-shirt and cut off jean shorts." No, for real, never wear a John Cena T-shirt because the players won't be able to see you. <laughs> That's true, right? <laughs> or, um, or maybe, or maybe you're really, really good for investigations if you show up wearing the mm, John Cena T-shirt. Yeah, you're just you're just totally incognito. <laughs> you can't see you. Dun, dun. Okay, um, I might. Uh, I love perfect, beautiful. But I might, I might have to go do a Jess and go get a sound clip for that particular part. Yes. Um, so twenty five minutes in. Um, so um, another another thing is if you because this is this I've actually had this happen to me. If your region has a floor judge polo and then a head judge polo, um, don't wear the head judge polo if you're not the head judge. Uh, general, generally speaking, um, you know, at, at, at magic fests, uh, the head judge wears burgundy, uh, typically to indicate that that judge is different than the other floor judges. Most notably, they can take appeals and they will be performing investigations and stuff like that. Uh, but you don't want to, you don't want to confuse players. So that's, that's an, an added layer of not knowing who to talk to about things that is just. If you could avoid it, avoid it. Yeah, I was I was telling Brogan before the show. I had I had one event where where um, I chose to wear the floor judge polo 
in our region because the red polo looks a lot like the TO's staff shirts for their normal behind the counter stuff. So I was like, well, I'm not going to wear the red shirt because it looks the same. So I'll wear a blue floor judge shirt. And then one of the judges on staff came in and was like, oh, yeah, so I got the red head judge shirt because I had Judge FNM. So I got this and it's my only one. And it was like, okay, this is a little awkward. They're the captain now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I understood that reference. Yay. Um, yep. Uh, okay, so, so things to do before you arrive. Uh, you want to review any changes to the IPG since last time you reviewed it, which might be a week, might be a month, might be six months. Um, have an idea when your break is so that you know whether or not to eat before you arrive. If you if you don't know when your break is coming in, eat something before you show up. Yeah, yeah. Um, Please have breakfast. Yep. In uh, the southeast, uh, that the requisite uh, breakfast is Chick Fil A chicken biscuits. Um, you know, occasionally I think if you go to Alabama, you might be able to do Popeyes. Maybe I don't know I what think other you can get some Bojangles. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's that's a distance distant third. Um, All right. But uh, yeah, make sure you know what the event uh, the event format is because uh, limited events are about two hours longer. So uh, you what know. would what would that build time? Yeah, um, yeah. For, with with all of this, um, it is important to keep in mind that um, the way you present yourself and show up at this event, either beforehand or as you're coming in, is is if it's you're working with people you've never met before. You want to have a good reputation. You, no one's going to judge you if you ask questions, but they are going to judge you if you mislead them. As far as, oh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I've, I've got this uniform and I've got this knowledge of the IPG, and you roll in the day of, and your John Cena T-shirt, and you've never looked at the IPG. Yep. That's that's not a good look. You don't want to be the judge who rolled in, in in the John Cena t-shirt and didn't know the IPG. Yeah. If you say ahead of time, hey, I um, have only worked one competitive REL event before and I might be shaky on these parts of the IPG, that's fine. It gives your head judge and your fellow judges a place to, to work from. Just be honest with the people around you. And and this, the, this is going to apply to actually working the event, not just showing straight up, but... As we said, um, there, there's no level of requirement for working these. So if you, uh, whether you're the floor judge or the head judge or, or whatever, uh, don't make an effort to be prepared, you're making a poor argument to the store owner, to the TO, as to why they should use certified judges. Mm-hmm. So so keep keep that in mind, uh, that, that is that is a thing to... You, to, to you are doing yourself the players and the people around you in general, a disservice. Right. As, as I, as I say, every, every event you work is an interview for the next event. Mm -hmm. So just keep that, keep that in mind. Absolutely. And now I'm singing Lincoln park. Um, what song in my head? Um, I don't really know a whole lot of it. It's just, uh, we'll do that. Hey, if you uh, join our Patreon and get the post show, <laughs> Brian will sing Lincoln Park. I will sing Lincoln Park for only two dollars. Uh, that'll be our silver tier. Uh, I might even I might even sing uh, uh, Lincoln Park Jay Z mashups from Collision Course. What value? Yes, 
Yes, until until you've heard me sing 99 Problems, you... Uh, yeah. have not experienced right. all of those 99 problems. Right. Uh, listening to me sing 99 problems will give you at least 98 of them. Um, <laughs> so, okay. What else have we got, Brian? Besides all right, 99 uh, problems. So let's, uh, let's talk about, uh, so most, most MCQs are going to be, are targeted at uh, 175 to 200. I think the cap is like 226, which is, great because that's the cap for eight rounds mm-hmm. 227 players is nine rounds there's a hard cap on roughly how long your event can be yeah it, it is and it what's what's funny is i was actually talking to the to for this weekend i was like all right um how do we want to handle no shows because what's going to happen is invariably because they're doing pre-reg and they're almost filled up mm. uh, how many how many players are going to not show up is it going to be five ten you know we're probably going to have players show up the day of and hope that they can get in yep how do you? How are we going to handle that? Because if we if we have ten players no show, and then we decide to take ten players on the waiting list, and then one of those players shows up, what do you do? What happens? Right, because you don't want the event to go to two hundred and twenty seven players because that's adding an extra hour. So we were talking about what to what to do there, and that's kind of one of the things. Hey, that's one of the values that having an experienced head judge brings to your event because they think about these kind of things. Um. So anyway, uh, just just a little plug to you know use the head just to know stuff. Um, but anyway, with two hundred and twenty five, two hundred twenty six players, uh, you're not going to be able to do everything yourself. If you're used to working at a at a PPTQ, you know you're going to post the pairings, you're going to do the deck checks, you're going to put the slips out, you know, probably all by yourself. In these larger events, you're going to have a team. Yeah, you are not going to be solely responsible for all of those tasks on your own. And you are going. You will you survive by the power of delegation. Oh yeah. Um. So you will either be on a team, or be a team lead, or be working with a team lead, or you might be sort of a point person charged with this set of tasks. Um. If you do end up being a team lead, uh, research who's on your team, get to know them, talk to them ahead of time if you can. And, and figure out their strengths. Um, same thing as the head judge when you're choosing your team leads. Figure, figure out your judges. Figure out who wants what experience, who has what experience, and get to know your judges. Right. It, it, it makes, it makes the, the experience better for everyone involved when you have an idea, when you, when you walk in and these aren't people that you're meeting for the very first time. Right, uh, and you formed at least a little bit of a connection beforehand because then you have to spend less time doing that at the event itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the teams or the responsibilities they they typically break down or they have in the past at least, and the, the head judge can modify this as, but it kind of falls on you have deck checks, then you have the everything else team deck checks <laughs> and not deck checks right, um, and and the the deck check the not deck checks tends to handle slips and pairings and uh possibly clock maybe table numbers end of round uh generally kind of putting out other fires yeah yeah so that's that's the kind of thing and probably deck checks is going to be responsible for passing out goodies because with mcqs there is a sweet uh ravager arcbound ravager promo it's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. So that's going to be something that you get to pass. You get to pass out. Which, if you've only worked PPTQs 
Um, you might not be super familiar with, you know, the, the, the logistics of that, you know, when, when to pass them out, when not to. So definitely talk to your head judge. Um, they will likely have, or someone will likely have a plan going into the day. Yep. Um, some, something that's kind of, uh, again, that's interesting when you're, when you're working in a team, uh, you're going to have tasks that are, uh, assigned to your team that are typically time sensitive. So, you know, be, you, you know, you might, if it's, if it's pairings, then you need to be at the printer when the pairings come off because we don't want to go looking for you because, you know, 226 players, the, the, the venues are going to be larger than, you know, the, your local game store that can hold 60 players. And they're uh, also likely going to get crowded at the end of the round. Right. So, so we don't, you want to know where that, where you need to be. If you're doing end of round, you know, come up to the scorekeeper station. If you're doing pairings, be by the printer when they run off. When you're doing deck checks, you know, when the, when the round turns and players are getting seated, you want to be out there on the floor getting ready to swoop. You want to know who you should be swooping. Um, uh, you also, if you have a task that's, that is supposed to be at a certain time, it's, there's a good chance that if it happens one round, It'll probably need to happen the next round. So just get get in the rhythm of roughly where you need to be at what point in what rounds. Uh, typically, uh, events of this size will have a player meeting. Um, that's where you sit all the, where all the players are seated, typically alphabetically. Um, and you're going to collect deck lists. Now I'm talking about a constructed event. Uh, for a sealed event, it's a little bit different. Um, you're seated randomly for build to open packs and stuff like that. But let's just... Otherwise, this this podcast will be really really long if we start talking about sealed. <laughs> the, uh, the the details of yeah of yeah yeah. So so there's there's a there's going to be a player meeting and that's the meeting where since everyone's seated alphabetically, you can get kind of a roll call of who is and who isn't there just based on the empty seats. You can pass out the Arcbound Ravager and you can collect deck lists and have everything roughly alphabetical order. You can make announcements to the players and. One of the good things about doing this is because when you when you collect deck lists, if you seat them across from their round one opponent before you collect deck lists, nobody will want to hand you their deck list. Right, you're going to get these little folded up pieces of paper, mm-hmm. and then you're just going to be hating yourself. the The other thing that I like to do is during the player meeting is give the players a minute to look over their lists and count and make sure that it's correct. Mm-hmm. And no one's going to do that if they're seated across from their round one opponent. They 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 just know that their opponent is going to be the peaky faciest peak peaker nosy goblin mm-hmm. and have <laughs> to look at their deck and it's this weird game of chicken of if you pull your deck list out and how fast you can unfold it and shove it at the judge yeah so so have, having a player meeting yes it takes about an additional you know five to ten minutes uh, to post seatings for the player meeting. Uh, and collect all the lists and stuff like that. But you were going to have to collect the list. You were going to have to make the announcement. So really, it only costs you about you know five-ish minutes. And it makes things so much nicer. It ends up totally being worth it. Yeah, totally worth it. All right. Um, so, Brogan, earlier you were talking about, so after the, after the player meeting and we get into round one, it's it's in a lot of ways it's like rinse, wash, repeat for a bunch of rounds. And you, you were talking about like the rhythm of a round. Yeah. So what is... What is can you tell me a little or tell our listeners a little bit about that? Yeah, I think I've heard this also described as um, the heartbeat of a round, which I also like. Um, so in each round, uh, your pairings will go up. There will be a lot of shuffling around as players try to find their seats. And at the same time, um, there will be judges um, 
getting slips printed and cut and ready to be distributed. And while that's happening, the round will start. Um, If players don't have their match slips at the exact beginning of the round, that's okay. Um, But they should be getting distributed as the round is starting. Um, While that's happening, as players are sitting down across from their opponents, um, the deck checks team will get their... um, get ready to swoop and start swooping decks, uh, collecting decks to check as they're, um, as players are presenting their decks. And then they'll return their first decks, probably get a, a mid-round deck check, a post-board deck check. And while that's happening, uh, everyone else is floor judging, um, hanging out, watching magic, talking to other judges, watching other judges take judge calls. And... As we approach the end of the round, you'll start sweeping for slips, um, picking up match slips that players are um, sitting and chatting with their friends. You can happily take them up to the to the scorekeeper, so they're not <laughs> sitting on the tables for a thousand years. I like I like. Uh, hey, if that slip's ready to go, I'll take it up for you. When the slip's clearly not filled out. Yeah, I, I think my my exact wording is a. Uh, um, if y'all are all set with that, I can take it. Yeah. Um, what we really mean is, give me that slip now. Yep. Um, and they'll say, oh, sorry, I, oh, can, do you have a pen I can borrow? I'll, I'll fill it out. Right. Um, but- and you're, the, the reason for that being is that the sooner you can start getting slips up to the scorekeeper, the sooner they can get them entered. And the sooner yep. they can get them entered, um, the less time they're going to have to spend trying to cram them in at the very end of the round. Not, not only that, if a slip's missing, uh, the more slips that, that come in, the earlier slips come in, the sooner we can identify what we're missing. Mm-hmm. Like, so like, you know, the scorekeeper's like, I've got these four tables, you know, four tables missing. And you look out and you're like, there's only three tables playing. <laughs> we, need to, we need to go find that. We need to slip. figure this out. Yes. Um, so yeah, so so that's kind of the the heartbeat of the round, and you can once you know after after several rounds, you kind of start to to get a vibe for you know just looking at who's on the floor. You you don't even need to really look at the clock because you can tell you know if people are passing out slips. It's the first five minutes. If everyone's on the floor, you're probably in the middle of the round. And then you know if people are actively when players start getting up and there starts to being a lot less room to walk around. Well, you're in end of round. Yeah. A lot more people just milling about. Yep. Um, so, so take, taking a, a, a call, you know, that could be a whole episode all to itself. Uh, but I mean, it could be anywhere from, you know, can I get the Oracle text? Can I go to the bathroom to some sort of super complicated card counting life total discrepancy thing? So uh, probably how to take a call might be a future episode. Because that it does deserve its own. It, it, yeah, it could certainly be a whole episode, maybe more on on its own for sure. Yep. Um, I've definitely told my story of the first judge call I ever took at competitive REL at some point on some episode, but I assure you, it was a hot mess. Ooh. Um, because it was very complicated, and also I had no idea what I was doing. Uh, m- mine was at. The SCG events back back in the day, it was actually required to call a judge to take your slip. Like players didn't take their slips up; mm. they had to call a judge. So my very first call was judge, and I got there and I was like, "Here's a slip." And I had this I had this moment of panic where I was like, "Okay, this is it. This is this is the you know this is this is my opportunity to oh 
you know, I was actually, I was actually kind of scared. And then it was just, here's a slip. <laughs> and that was about 75% of the calls. So I really got desensitized to, to judge calls <laughs> you very, st- very quickly. You, you stopped walking up and immediately like fearing and preparing. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and even now it's most of the time, you know, it's like, can I get a tech? Can I go the beginning calls? It's the beginning of the rounds. It's always, can I go to the bathroom where my opponent didn't show up? Right. Um, um, you also, this is a great opportunity to watch other judges take calls. Uh, see, even even if you're a very experienced judge watching how some of the newer judges are doing and you can help them out or watching another experienced judge take a call, see if there's maybe some tips or tricks you can pick up. Um, there is no downside if your floor coverage is good to hanging out and observing a call. Yeah. Um Okay, so let's let's talk about so one of the things that's a little bit different uh, from a uh, an MCQ uh, or from a from a P- PPTQ is as an L two you know you were the head judge but now you're not you're a floor judge maybe a team lead so one of the one of the questions is well what are the kind of things that you need to involve the head the head judge for um, so there's it's, it's going to depend on your your head judge and what you've sort of discussed ahead of time. Sure, but there's there's a few there's a few things that the infraction procedure guide actually tells says that this is the head judge's responsibility, um, and those are handling investigations like like cheating and stalling. Only the head judge can disqualify a player. Um, there's certain upgrades that can only be issued by the head judge. Uh, appeals uh, can be handled by the head judge or a designee at large events. Um, this might be a situation like if the head judge is on lunch break. Right. Exactly. Um, That's that. If it's most likely just going to be the head judge, but if they have somebody while they're out getting a sandwich, uh, backup backups, you can definitely ask the head judge about them. They may delegate to team leads. Uh, the IP, uh, the MTR actually allows uh, team leads to authorize uh, backups. Um, uh, unsporting conduct, problem players. Uh, you want to let the head judge know. Like this might not actually be like go get the head judge when you have a problem player or. But definitely, if you had a difficult situation with a player uh, and had to give even a USC minor, let the head judge know because there's just, always the possibility. Yeah, yeah. The the last thing you want to you as a head judge you want to find out. Well, not the last thing. There's other things that are laster. But <laughs> laster. Laster. There's other things that are laster. But to to find out that there's a there's an unhappy player that's just been stewing in their own, mm-hmm. you know anger for a round or two and that you had no idea and that you had no idea yeah definitely uh uh, bring that to the head judge's attention um even if they don't even if you don't think they're going to act on it or do anything else it's worth bringing up just to have a complete picture of what's going on with the event yeah it's just like, hey, that player is really salty because a call didn't go go their way. They're really mad, or oh, I know that player and they're really just aggressive and angry all the time. Uh, any any of that kind of stuff. Um, issuing proxies. Thanks, thanks, Nexus of Fate. <laughs> what about my Nexus of Fates? Yeah. What a, What about my uh uh basic um, swamp with Nexus of Fate written on it? Yeah. Anyway. Uh, something else, uh, when you make a mistake. Yeah. If, if, if something weird happened or you had an awkward conversation or you realized, oops, I definitely gave this person a wrong ruling. Again, just let your head judge know if they, if they, if there's something to be done about it, they can help 
find the best solution. They could also tell you, oh, no, you definitely did the right thing. You yeah. might be surprised. Yeah. But but def- definitely from a customer service perspective, if you think you if you think you made a mistake, uh, no- notify the head judge. Now, now, first off, if you make a mistake and like as you're walking away from the table, you realize it. Go back to the players first. OK, yeah. <laughs> if, if it's something that's actively happening in the game, ask them to hold on a second. Yeah, right. Uh, but if you like you make a you make a ruling and then a, a round later you're talking to someone on the floor and you're like I had this really interesting call and then you explain what happened and they were like I don't I don't think that was that was right I think you you made a mistake you know go go then talk to the hedges because we have to correct those players somehow some way and we have to apologize and we have to try and make it as right as can be made um so that's that's definitely something that we want to get the head judge involved. We'd also rather let the players know there, hey, this person made a mistake, than have them go on Reddit and start talking about the other judge. Yep. Uh, the and then the the final thing that you can go and talk to the head judge about, or that you're supposed to, is uh, any dev like if you come into a situation and you actually think a deviation is appropriate. Uh, you can go ask the head judge where it's like, hey, here's the situation. I think a deviation is appropriate. And the head judge will be like, mm, no, because of this. Or they'll be, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Let's go. I'll go over there and handle it. Um, and even even if they don't end up agreeing that that's the, what they want to do, it's still worth conveying that. So if they don't agree, they can explain philosophically why. Right. Um, now, those are, those are things that you're supposed to go get the head judge for. If you want to just kind of go up and talk to him about, you know, policy and stuff like that, you know, hey, cool. But as far as responsibilities go, these those are the things that um, that you uh, that you want to go talk to the head judge about. Um, I hear there's a story of a judge making a mistake where someone thought you were psychic. Oh, yeah. OK, yeah. <laughs> so I'll, I'll leave out names. Um, judge, judge comes up to me and they start, uh, this was, I think this was an open, uh, I don't believe I was the head judge, but I'm having a converse, I'm having a conversation with floor judge a floor judge B comes up to me and he's telling me about a ruling and he, he's telling me about the ruling and I'm like, so then you went back and apologized to the players for, for being wrong. Right. And he goes, uh, Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I goes like, you didn't tell them that you didn't go apologize to them, <laughs> did you? And he's like, yeah, no, no. And I was like, go apologize to the players right now. And he, and he just kind of goes off. And the other judge, Judge A, looks at me and is like, how did you know that? <laughs> you can just tell. Right. Like, yeah, I definitely did that. Yeah, I did that. I did, uh, yeah, they, they, I did the thing. It's like, no, you didn't. <laughs> just go apologize. Yep. And it was just like, how did you know? And it's just, I, I, it turns out I've been lied to a lot. So <laughs> that sounded just the the most tragic, Brian. <laughs> that broke my heart. What? It's like the number of times it was just like back when we were in Judge Center, um, uh, Judge Center days with with Watsy because I had access to uh, the I was on the L three checklist verification team, I had the ability to see test scores. Okay. Not a very common thing in the judge program, but when people would tell me things like, oh yeah, I took an L1 practice. I got a, I got an 80, 82 or an 83. So they'd be like, I got an 83. And I was like, you can't get an 83. And I'd go look <laughs> and I was like, they got a 40. Um, Oof. right there. We got lied to a lot. 
Like, oh goodness. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of one of those things where it's like knowledge is is kind of a burden um, in that regard. Yeah. So, so let me let me talk about something that if you've been at a P- PTQ, uh, something that might not happen very often uh, in doing a cheating investigation is you'd probably be doing this by yourself. Um, however, in a in a multi judge event, you actually have more bodies to use for these things. So. There might be a situation where you're tapped to to sit in on two players, you know, the, the head judge is pulling another judge aside to, like, find out what's going on. And you might be asked to just watch these two players or, uh, you know, just make sure make sure these two players don't get into any fights and just just sit tight. They've already been asked to stop playing. And you might not have a whole lot of explanation as to what's going on. Yeah, I might I might have a, a judge just walk up to me and say, "Hey, can you watch can you watch this table for a couple minutes?" Uh, y- yep, I can. In that moment, um, you you don't have to ask more questions. Watch the players, watch the table, and make sure they don't say anything dumb. Right. It it could it could be they they've probably already been asked to stop. You're probably not watching for slow play or anything like that. They've probably been asked to stop to stop, and it's the head judge's conversing with the judge that asks you to watch the table to figure out what's going on. Um, and your, your job in that particular point is a make sure that tensions don't escalate, you know, keep, keep the mood of the table light, you know, make some jokes, be friendly. Um, or if it seems like they would really not want you to make jokes, don't make jokes. Uh, just, just be friendly. Yeah. Um, you know, just again, just tr- try and lighten the mood. If if they're seeming a little aggressive, you know, try and break the tension. If it's maybe it's a, however, maybe it's a, a a bribery discussion, and so you don't want those players talking about anything close to <laughs> to be talking at all. Right. Well, I mean, certain conversations are okay. So the the reason why I, I bring this up, and I thought this was worth it, is is because you might be thrust into a situation where you are v- given very very little information on what you're supposed to be doing. And you've kind of got to figure it out based on context on the fly. And so forearmed is for, you know, forewarned is forearmed kind of thing. You might be put into a situation where you're told, Hey, watch this. And no one tells you why. And you kind of got to figure it out. You can also use the context of, you know, where, where the judge who asked you to sit down went, did they tell you to, to watch this match and then immediately rush up to the head judge was it the head judge themselves who then goes and talks to another judge? Um, wh- wh- what happened with that judge after they walked away from you? Uh, so- something else that happens uh, that that might be new to you if your your experience is uh, FNMs and PPTQs is getting appealed. Yeah, uh, that's a thing. It's it it is going to happen no matter how confident you are in your ruling, no matter how much you know you are right. Some players just always appeal, and sometimes they they just do it for the sake of doing it because there's always a chance. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I don't like your answer, so I'm going to roll the dice again, and let's see if the head judge gives me a different one. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so players do have a right to an appeal. Uh, uh, I I, I want to change tweak that a little bit if I uh-huh. if I can. Um, they they have a right to have their their case heard by the most authoritative judge in the room, i.e. the head judge. So if the um, head judge is delivering the ruling? Yeah, I don't want to say that the players have a right to an appeal because then they start saying, oh, well, if the head judge, you know, 
I lose my right to appeal if the head judge takes my call. So it's all downside to have the head judge take the call. You know, you don't, you're not entitled to a second opinion. <laughs> the, the appeal exists so you can get a consistent answer. Yeah, from um, the head judge. From the head judge. Right. 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 Cuz that that actually did things back in the back in the day, we would actually have head judges stay off the floor of the event because they said would say like, "Oh, I got to got to protect the chain of appeals." I mean, that's I, that's something that that I had a philosophy I had in my head when I first started judging and then I believe Abe Corson explained to me how silly that was. Right. I mean, you're you're, you're the head judge. If you're sitting if you're sitting uh, uh, back in the little judge judge fort or whatever, not out on the floor of your event. Uh, Two hundred percent. Now I understand with like large events, you have to be in a single place so that people can find you because that's a thing. But at a two hundred person event, people should be able to look around and find you. Um, mm-hmm. But but yeah, it's yeah, protecting the chain of appeals isn't isn't a thing. Yeah, that's that that's that's not why. It's to be able to. Get a consistent answer from from one person. Uh, but if if you do get appealed, um, that that player uh, hates you and is personally attacking you. Um, Absolutely and you should, not. And you should feel bad. You're bad and should feel bad. You're allowed to feel bad if you want, but that's not the point. <laughs> no, it's not an attack. It's just. They they want to you know it it could be that they think you're wrong it could be that they want to spend the dice uh, you know spend the wheel again um, don't take it personal yeah it is it is it's certainly not a personal thing yeah. it's not going to feel good at first be, to to feel like somebody's doubting you and that's all right but it's it's not it's not personal promise um, <laughs> when you do get appealed um, and you have to go find the head judge remember what table you came from. <laughs> Uh, I've definitely been guilty of this a couple of times of, I remember roughly where they were. I'm bringing the head judge back and I couldn't say who my people were. Yeah. They were just two white guys with beards. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's, uh, turns out that's like, uh, 50% of the, 50% of the matches. It's getting better. Anyway. That's why I said 50%. The other 50% has a, a mix, but yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, you, you, you remember your table number, you go find the head judge and you explain to them, um, what the situation is and what ruling you gave, uh, include whatever information is relevant to your call without too many extra details. You want to be efficient in explaining what's going on. Um, and which player you want to let them know which player is appealing and, if you have a sense of why you think they're appealing, um, and also generally if what the what the mood of the table is, if it's really really tense and you spent a long time deliberating over what's going on with the call, if it's clear that one of them is just mad and being mean for some reason, is just super tilted, just give them anything that you think may be relevant to how they should address these players. Yeah, you you definitely don't as a as a head judge. You definitely don't want to be walking in unknowingly to some aggressive, angry players because it changes it changes your how you approach the table. And a lot of times, you only have like a few seconds to not you know screw things up real bad. You know, right. like if, if if things are really really tense and you just come in and they're all jokey, you know, like hi, you know, like Hello. I'm a clown, I'm a clown making things happy, <laughs> and they're they're just 
you know, they're upset. Right. They're all business. They think the judge messed up and they're, you know, really mad. Uh, And you come in all, all, all jokey, then that probably won't go over so good. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then another thing. So when the judge comes in, uh, you stick around. Uh, the, the head judge is probably going to want you to listen to the questions that they ask the players because if one of the players changes their story, you are going to be the one that detects that. You're the one who heard the first story, and so you'll know if it's different. Right. So if I'm, if, uh, if I'm, doing, if I'm doing an investigation or a, 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 a complex like, you know, the players disagree on what happened – then I'm going to get the the story of the players, and then I'm going to pull the the initial judge aside and just say, you know, is that basically what they said before? You know, tell me, tell me if something changed, mm-hmm. and uh, and I'll, I'll get that information, and then go back in. Uh, but definitely listen to them. They might they might have uh, the the head judge might have another assignment for you. It might be I'm going to take this player over here. You sit here or we'll get a third judge to sit there, you know, something, something along those lines. You might be given given another task, but don't go wander off. Yeah. Don't, don't strand them there. Right. And if it is an appeal, then the head judge will explain their final ruling. They'll probably talk to you and tell you whether they're going to uphold it or overturn it. And if they uphold it, uh, or even if they overturn it, they'll probably have you finish giving out the, the, the penalty if there is one, uh, because you know, it was your call. So don't go. So filling out the match slip accordingly yeah. and whatnot. Uh, okay, I talked about those other things. Uh, so the the most the most common judge calls um, are are going to be you know don't 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 sweat it don't worry if you're working one of these big events the most common judge calls that you get are going to be can I go to the bathroom? Judge, my opponent isn't here, right. and I have to go to the bathroom. Can you watch my stuff? Right. Uh, can I get the oracle text for a card? Um, I I missed a trigger, and then this one uh, is I, I swear this seems so much more frequent than it used to be. But just looking at extra, like I saw a card that I wasn't supposed to, or oh I I, I dropped this thing on the ground and I it, it's face down, but I didn't look at it. Can you pick it up for me? Yeah. <laughs> just yeah, see seeing cards in places that you shouldn't see them. Uh, I do want to talk about uh, uh, HCE. Um, it is, it is typical at a lot of the large events. If you're going to thinking about giving HCE, uh, go talk to one of your team leads. HCE meaning hidden card error. Yes. That is a stupidly complicated infraction. Just all the, all the decision trees and stuff like that. It's, it's kind of one of these weird ones where if you step back and look at it from like the 50,000 foot view, it kind of holistically makes sense. But when you get down into the, the nitty gritty of it and try and learn all the if then else statements in it, which is how kind of start learning it it's, to begin with. It's a really tough flow chart. It's, it's insanely complicated. So, um, even if your head judge doesn't specify, you know, talk to a team lead or get a second opinion or something like that. It's always a good idea to bounce HCE off somebody else in lieu. In, in, and that's in a world where there is no specific directions uh, because revealing the hand and having someone pick a card, that's kind of not a thing that can be undone. You know, you've given away a lot of information. So uh, uh, yeah, get making a, get sure a, you're doing that one right is big. Yeah, Get a second opinion. Um, so that's going to be, it for most of the rounds, you know, the, the eight rounds of the event. Um, 
And then after after that, you're going to go into top eight, which is a little bit different, which is a whole different mood. It's, yeah, it's a totally different feeling. It's It's simultaneously much chiller and also more tense. Because yeah. you're you're a, lo- a lot of your judges are not going to be working anymore. You'll have a couple of judges stick around um, to watch the top eight along with the head judge, and you'll the table judge. You'll sit down and watch players play magic and pay attention to their board states and keep an eye on them. It's I like table judging. Yeah. Uh, one one thing that I I like to do and that we used to do with with PTQs a lot was we had what was called two on ones, uh, and what this would normally be is uh, it would be myself and the team lead would sit down with a team member and we would talk about have a, a bi directional conversation about how the day went, how we thought they did, where they have opportunities to talk about how we did, how you know what they thought of the event, what could be done better. Um, and then, you know, we basically try and give feedback, you know, that face-to-face feedback and have a back and forth dialogue. Um, and then you, you try and cycle through, um, what I try and do is I have, I have like one team do the, the, the quarterfinals and then we do two on ones with the other team. And then for the, the semis and the finals, we switch and I do the other team during that. I like that. Yeah, so that's that's something that we used to do with with the larger events, and then after the top eight, we go to have a steak dinner. Yeah, go go hang out with these new friends you've just made. Right. One one of the one of the big things about these MCQs is the fact that they're a multi judge event. Go hang out with them after the event. You know, that's you know part of judging is making friends and, and actually liking the people that you're hanging out with. Yep. So no, it's it you. You have these people who you just shared this day with, this experience with, and some of them may be some of your best friends in who knows how long. Like it, it's it's pretty wild how how judging has done that for so many people. Yeah, definitely. Uh, one one thing I do want to, or a few things that I want to touch on that are kind of apply to the the whole event. Uh, remember, in a sense, you are a guest in the TO's house. Uh, so, you know, be, be a good guest. Uh, don't leave trash laying around. Remember that, the, uh, that your players are their customers, uh, and treat them, you know, treat them well. Um, you, you definitely, Respect the people and the space. Yeah. Bas- basically. And like, like we said earlier, you know, every, every event that you work is an interview for your, for your next event. You know, don't s- don't stand around chatting the whole time or take a smoke break every 10 minutes or something along those lines. You know, you know, you, you've got, you've got an opportunity and there were several other people that didn't, that were probably declined for this event. And you know, what are you adding that they couldn't have added? You know, you were brought in there because presumably you're adding something that they were not able to. So if you're kind of slacking off a little bit, well, you kind of stole a spot. It's just a feel bad. Yeah. So exactly. So yeah. So so if you get one of these opportunities, definitely, definitely make the make the most of it. And you know, after a few times, maybe it's going to be you up there head judging, which is mm-hmm. great. Which yeah. Is great. I I one of the last PTQs um, at my local game store at the time. I was a floor judge at that, and then I was the head judge of the 
like one of the one of the first PPTQs right after that switched over, which ended up being about the size of a PTQ at the time. Um, before they started to get small, after people realized that <laughs> they weren't what they thought they were. Yeah, but yeah, these, these P, PTQ uh, MCQs are going to have top top eights are going to be kind of kind of intense uh, because the winner's going to go to you know Barcelona or. Cleveland or Richmond, <laughs> Richmond. Yeah. You know, exciting places like Richmond. Yeah. I went to, I went to London and everyone's like, Oh, where's, where's the next one? And like, Oh, Barcelona, you know, that's cool. And all my coworkers are like, Oh, where's the one after that? Richmond. Oh, uh, that's home. <laughs> it is. I mean, it might be, it's, it's kind of exciting if you live in Europe, but you know, it's, it's not, it's like, oh, it's not particularly exotic. It's not exotic. It's uh, it's practical. It's it's the comfortable shoes of of, of GPs or not. It, uh, oh my uh, gosh, it really is, huh? Yeah, it's just it. There's one every year or every couple years. It's yeah. cheap and everyone can get a hotel and something to eat. Yeah, there you go. Bless you, Richmond. <laughs> Love you. All right. Anything else we want to say about these, the uh, PTQs to Electric Boogaloo? <laughs> no, I, uh, I, I, I don't have anything extra to add. Uh, cool. Well, I'm, I'm excited for these. I'm excited to see how similar they are actually to PTQs. If, or if they're, they end up being their own beast now that, I don't know. Maybe the magic community has changed. Maybe I don't know. We'll see. Well, one, well, one thing. One thing about them that's that's different is they're capped at two hundred and twenty six players. Mm, yeah, which, that's that's going to be a different sort of feel right. in a lot of places. Right, because because old old PTQs did not have a cap, and this was one of the problems: is the TOs had no idea how many people, how many players were going to show up. So even if the format was really popular and they planned for something like three hundred players. 500 players could show up the day of and you don't have staff for that. You don't have product for that. You don't have room for that. You don't have, and you got to turn people away or, or have them play in, in weird locations. The, the Denny's down the street, um, you know, and, and it created a really, really bad experience. And, and there were a lot of TOs that, that got P, PTQs that weren't or didn't know how to handle them. They didn't know how big they were going to be. They, you know, they'd say, Oh yeah, we can handle 200 players. And, and they couldn't, they didn't understand what that, that, that what two hundred players meant. They were just like, "Oh yeah, the fire marshal says uh, we can't have more than two hundred and thirty <laughs> people in the in the in the room." Yeah, that's that's not like table space and and walking space and stuff like that. So they that was some of the stuff that factored into 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 moving to a PPTQ system was just the fact that PTQs were unbounded. But now you know it's five years later. I think uh, online pre registration is a lot more common. Uh, you know, setting a cap size. These things are going to have a, a, a different feel, and pre-registration is going to be huge. It's going to put a lot of uh, uh, there was a lot of strain, or there used to be a lot of system strain in the mornings of, of PTQs that with online pre-registration just aren't going to exist. Beautiful, right? Really, bless, bless. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, all right. Well, I suppose we'll wrap up. Um, Thank you, Brian, for doing the show. Uh, oh, I was going to say tonight. I did it to myself. Uh, thank you to all of you for listening. 
Uh, you can subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts and rate us however many stars you want or whatever rating system, again, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, you can contact us at judgecast at gmail.com or facebook.com slash judgecast or at judgecast on Twitter. And you can check out our archive at judgecast.com. Ooh, what are we keeping it? Uh, I'm Brogan King and I keep it fun. Mm? I'm Brian Prilliman and I draw smiley faces on all my proxies of Nexus of Fates. Beautiful. On, on revised planes. Specifically? Yeah. You do you. <laughs>